Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, happy Father's Day, Hillsong, Kansas City. I decided to preach with a little prop today. I got my baby L Golden right here. I'm now a dad of three, a three-time vet in this game. Come on, say hello to the church. Come on, little precious. I had the most dad morning you'll ever have today. I was woken up by this little beauty at 3.45 in the morning just to wish me a loud Happy Father's Day. Then again at 5 in the morning just to make sure I had an encore presentation of how much she loves me. And then my lovely wife and kids, they bought me a brand new white shirt. It is not this white shirt. It's a white collared shirt. And I believe I nicked myself uh, shaving and bled all over that shirt. And so I had to wear this back up. But Let's give it up to all the dads that are out there. Come on, you're all the best. The heroes in our church, amazing men of God. I'm so grateful for every single one of you. I'm gonna invite Liz up here. How you doing today, Miss Thang? You look good. I like that dress. Happy Father's Day to me. Okay, here you go. Little love, I love you. You're the best. Come on, I know I got the most likes and most amens I'm gonna get because of that sweet little baby. Hey, I got a word for us today. I want to jump into it in just a moment. Before we do that, let's pray. And uh, I just want to, again, just love on every dad that's out there. Um, you know, Mother's Day is always like we talk about how brave and courageous and awesome moms are, and they sure are. They get flowers. A lot of times on Father's Day, you get like rebukes, and they talk about all the, the negative sides of the absent dads and distracted dads. And, Definitely every single one of us as dads have room to grow, but today you're not gonna get a beat down. Today you're gonna get a build up. I do believe there's something great inside of you for every man, not even the fathers in our church, that God has called us to some great things. And I, I've got a message today. I'm gonna call you to some courage, called out courage, that I believe there's a warrior on the inside, a mighty servant leader warrior that God has positioned in our city, in our church for such a time as this to bring kingdom come heaven to earth in your marriage, in your family, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, and in our city. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to gather live together. Lord, I'm so grateful for the opportunity in a few weeks to gather live in the room. But right now, wherever any man or woman is watching this, would you build them up? Speak to them. Holy Spirit, we need you. Let your word be illuminated in our heart. Give us the action steps to apply it. We don't want to know it. We want to do it. We want to live it. We want to be it. And Lord, I thank you for the men in this house, the men in this church. I'm calling out the greatness that you placed on the inside of every single one of them. No matter what they've walked through, no matter how many broken roads or dead ends they felt like they've come up against, Lord, you're making a way where there seems to be no way, and you're building them up to be the men of God they're called to be. Lord, we love you, and we celebrate you in your name we pray can I get an amen even on the YouTube and the Facebook can I get a little amen I'm reading your comments right now it's great to have you all here thank you worship team you guys are phenomenal give it up for them amazing it's great to have live worship in the room I find myself becoming more of a dad every single day when it's a hot day outside like my dad I always like cherish the cool breeze oh there's a nice breeze I find myself envious of other men's lawns, even though I don't even mow my own. 
I'm like, oh, that's a great looking lawn. I wonder what they do. I find myself wearing sweats, which has been the beauty of COVID. Even in June, I'm still rocking sweats every single day. Um, dad life is a difficult life, but it's a great life. And Hillsong, Kansas City, as the dads in our church, we do salute you. You bring so much to the community of our faith. Big shout out right now to the three OG original dads of our church. Doug, I'm talking to you. Jim, the original grandfather in our church. Jim, we love you. Daniel, come on, Daniel Dressler, still with us 10 years into this journey. You guys are amazing. The three original dads are still around. But I got to give some love to my dad, the real OG, who I know is watching right now. Dad, I, you're amazing. Thank you for teaching me and my brothers and my sister to live kingdom first, Jesus first, build the church, instilling hard work in me. I remember when you first taught me how to sweep a floor. It was like 1993. Liz would probably like you to teach me again. But 1993, I was just pushing dust all over the garage there in Diamond Bar, California. You taught me how to, how to put things in order. And it's the small things. You taught me how to change the tire on a car. You taught me how to mow a lawn by just kind of giving me a lawnmower and leaving me alone. <laughs> and yet it's also the big things. I, I love uh, your commitment to prayer. You're, you're a man of faith. I love how you've taken great care of our mom as she's been in a crazy, difficult battle with cancer. You're a great dad, a great grandfather. Thank you for introducing me to Liz. How many know everyone here at Hillsong, Kansas City can say thank you for that? And uh, thank you as well for believing in this church before it was a reality. Mark the Shark, we love you so much, and happy Father's Day to you. Being a dad really is, I think, the best part of life. And at the same time, the good things in life always have a cost. I think it's also the most difficult part of life, to be a provider, to be a protector, to continue to be a man of faith, to be a person of prayer, to, to prophesy over your children who they can become, who they're, they're called to be. Uh, to, to, it's costly. I'm not just talking about the, the hundreds of dollars of Legos I've had to purchase over the years and to build immediately only for them to be destroyed by my son and always turned into a spaceship no matter what it originally was right after but being dad is absolutely no joke it takes sacrifice surrender humility bravery and real courage I'm calling out more courage for you there's more for you every dad every grandfather every man really this is a man message in our church I'm calling out more courage in your life I do believe that where you've made mistakes, where you haven't gotten it right, maybe you've had a failed marriage, or maybe you even have estranged kids from you right now, or maybe there's just some brokenness in your family, maybe even some addictions have been living in your world, in your life. Good news for you and me is that we have a perfect father. And everywhere we failed before, we can still get right back up and be a man of God, be the world changer we're called to be. That's the beauty of our perfect father, God. He's made radical grace available for all of us to receive it, to repent and to change, to rework our lives according to his plan. And no matter where you're at, 18 or 80, there's still plenty of time on the shot clock to be the man, the great man God has called you to be. I love this quote. I want to kick off the message with this uh, from, from a known general and, and a man of war. He said this, there are no great men. They're only great challenges, which ordinary men like you and me are forced by circumstances to meet. In other words, you're not born great. 
you become great when you face adversity. So if you're facing adversity right now, just see it as an opportunity. It's a ticket, a one-way ticket to growth and to strength. It's a ticket to greatness. And no doubt we are in a year of unprecedented crisis and challenge. It's been a year of fear, a year of virus. It's been a year of animosity, of racism, a, a year of division. No doubt the challenges in front of us have been great, but our Bible tells us greater is he that is in me and you than anything that's in this world. And if I'm calling out greatness, I think it all starts with just the decision we have to make. And it's not just once on a Sunday, it's every single day of our lives. You've got to have the courage to grow. I think men, really often, we can get stuck in our patterns and stuck in our maturity level and just decide to stay there. And remember, comfort is always at odds with calling. And many of us, we, we've chosen to stay but God is calling us to be courageous, have the courage to grow. You know, when I was a kid, I used to tell everybody that would listen. When I was about 10, 11, 12 years old, I'm going to be six foot four. I used to say it. I used to proclaim it. I came from like a faith movement church where you could just like say it how you wanted it, grit your teeth, and it was going to happen. How many know God answered that one with the big thumbs down? For me, I was going to be the new starting point guard for the Chicago Bulls when I graduated from college. I was like, sorry, B.J. Armstrong, K.T. Turner is coming in. And yet uh, God said, no, uh, you're going to be six foot even. And that's only with your pompadour as it's get a little elevation off the forehead. I'm six foot. As kids, we always wanted to be what the, the biggest, the fastest, the strongest. But then when we actually grow, mature into our, our physical bodies, Many of us stop actually growing in our real maturity. But there's more growth for all of us. No one has arrived in the fullness of their calling or in the potential that God has placed on the inside. You've got to have courage to keep growing. And you might have not gone very well. It's not might have worked out in, in, in your current situation or in your past. Again, I know there's marriages that are on the brink right now. There's relationships with kids that are struggling. And yet, if you would choose to grow yourself, to let God grow you by his grace, to be committed and submitted to the word of God and the ways of God, you will see God bring healing to marriages, strength to families, and the fullness of your future would become the reality of your life. There is limitless, because your potential is Christ, limitless potential to change the world around you, but it always starts with letting God change your inner world on the inside of you. Don't stay where you are. There is so much more for you. Because you can be a grown man and still live like a little boy. The Apostle Paul talks about that, 1 Corinthians 13. Paul says, hey, some of you haven't matured yet. He says, when I was a child, I spoke in childish matters, and I saw things like a child. I even thought and reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured, and I set aside my old ways, my, my childish ways. Can I tell you right now, today's your day. This is a day of God maturity. It's not a day to be beat down. It's a day to be built up. It's a day of breakthrough for you. It's a day where you're going to choose. I'm not going to stay a kid anymore. Because there's a lot of men out there who can grow a beard, but they don't live big for God. A lot of times we like to show our masculinity on the outside. But real masculinity, God's plan for man, starts in his inside world. Masculinity is not a swear word. 
Though the common adjective that comes before that precedes masculinity nowadays is normally the word toxic, and I understand that. For generations, there's been control and dominance, pride, chauvinism, suppression of others, holding women down. I love at Hillsong Church. We're a church that believe men and women can lead, can serve side by side. There's significance and strength. Though there are different roles that God has positioned them, we never have the role, though we might be physically stronger, over a woman to hold her down. Because the Bible has a lot to say about real manhood. Because we don't have a chauvinistic king. We don't have a controlling or manipulative king. We have a king who doesn't lord over those weaker than him. He actually gets his hand in the dust, down on the level, and liberates a woman in her time of greatest weakness, in her weakest moment. He actually looks after his own mother, even while he's suffering on the cross. He's looking out for others. He speaks life, our king, to the outcast woman at the well in Samaria. He even weeps with the sisters of Lazarus. And no one has ever or will be as strong as him. Real strength is seen in your ability to grow in your service of others. Jesus is strong. He's courageous. He's not passive. He's passionate. In fact, the word passion literally comes from his greatest day of victory, his death on the cross. That's what's called the passion, the passion of Christ. That's where we get the word. And I believe God wants every one of us, he's calling us out to courage so that we can grow in our passion, our passion for him and our passion for people. Romans 5 tells us that it was Adam's mistake, Adam's sin, that brought sin into the world for all of us. It literally positions Adam as the gatekeeper that had a job to do, but he missed the mark. That's what sin means, he missed the mark. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I bet you every single one of us, if we were positioned back in that Garden of Eden, we might have made the same mistake. But here's the interesting thing to know about the role and the behavior that God designated Adam to serve and to live surrendered to, even in the garden. Because it's in Genesis 2, when God says, hey, I need you to take care of this place. I need you to prune that and produce that and harvest that. I need you to look after this place here on the earth. I, I give you dominion over this place. I need you to look out after the field. And you can eat anything you want. The guava over there, the avocado over there. Come on, keto people. The avocado, it's your best friend right now. But uh, not that treat. Not that tree. I happen just to think for once it was a grapefruit tree because it looks succulent and amazing, but the inside tastes like a rancid Sour Patch Kid. You know what I'm talking about? And yet that's Genesis 2, but Eve doesn't show up till Genesis 3. And we've all been taught and trained when we read the story that it was Eve that ate the fruit and sin entered the world. But the Bible tells us in Genesis 3, verse 6, she took some and ate it after the enemy was lying to her. She also gave some to her husband, that's Adam, who was with her and he ate it. In other words, he was the one who had the information. He was the one who had the plan of protection and provision. And he allowed the enemy to speak lies to his bride. And then he just stood by passive, silent. I don't know if he was insecure, he was distracted, he maybe was indifferent, but I can tell you this, God had a plan for him to be a voice of strength. Not to lord over her, but to protect her, to provide for her. Don't sit idly by and let whatever happens to your family happen. Don't let your marriage drift any further than it farther has. 
Don't let the people around you miss out on the great love of God that you have on the inside of you. There's a fight for every one of us to get into. It's time for us to be called into courage, continue to grow, and face the battle that's before you. I believe men were hardwired to love action. The love action. But nowadays in our entertainment culture, we love to watch others do it. Like, I don't even like MMA. But when it's on, I'm like a moth through the flame. I will not turn away. I don't know who any of these people are, but they're scrapping, and I'm interested. There's just something in my genetics, in my DNA, that I just like a fight. And yet, many guys love to watch others fight, but don't enter into the fight of faith, the one that matters the most. I can't, we love action. Many of us like to control our battlefields, though, on our PlayStation and our Xbox. Hey, and I got an Xbox, too. And if you want to game with me, which I never really play, you can hit me up at at RedCheetah316. (laughs) We love to simulate war. We love movies filled with violence. We love to watch action. But we're actually called to take action. And it doesn't look like anything on the screen, but it looks like everything that Christ did. Christ was a man of action. Jesus was a man of action, a man with purpose and passion. I think many of the seeds that divide a man from his calling and even separate marriages and break apart families can be found in the, 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 the counterfeits of his calling. I think, I think about things like, like pornography and even entertainment, even video games. Obviously, pornography is a sin and it, it is disgusting to God, but if it's been a battle for you, I believe there's victory for you even today in Jesus' name. But these things are fake intimacy and fake action. And they tap into something and, and give just a little bit of fulfillment that I think God has actually embedded in every man to be desired and to be successful. Because I think that's inside of every man to be desired and to be successful. But these two counterfeits actually have the same thread. There's no commitment and there's no sacrifice. If I'm gonna call you out to courage, if the Holy Spirit's gonna awaken the real man on the inside of you, courage requires commitment. Courage requires sacrifice. And let me speak to the women and the wives of our church that like your man needs encouragement more than critique. I know you think the only way you're going to get through to him is by pointing out the things that he's not doing. But there's something about men, when we feel like we're failing or we're missing it, we want to get in isolation and separation. But if you would begin to speak words of life, because Proverbs 25 verse 24 says, it's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. And by the way, if you said amen to that right now, you cannot come to my attic. I don't have one. And you cannot spend the night on my couch. That's not something to amen. But it's just something about the tension in a household that I believe, women, you can actually help solve some of that problem. Instead of pointing out where he is and where he isn't, start speaking about who he is and who he's going to be, who he's called to be. And I think if you will do that, if you'll begin to pour out words of refreshment, if you begin to speak out into his potential, you'll have a man who will walk into more courage, but you need to give him more encouragement. And I would tell you, don't hold back the blessing of your, uh, of your words, of your language, speaking life, even when all you've seen is deficit and desert, speak life and water, and you will find that the boy that you've been struggling with and, and living with will become the man you fell in love with. 
I believe that, man, we need to stay in conversation. Don't run away. Don't let your insecurity or even the wounds of your yesterday from your own mother or own father, whether they were manipulative, controlling, or absent, get you to isolate yourself. Maybe you grew up that way as a child, but you won't grow into your potential in Christ by living that way. Stay in the conversation. Listen. Don't fight back. Realize that every single critique you might hear probably has a lot of truth to it. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you how to divide that out to what you can actually do. And I believe there's a kingdom hero inside of the heart of every man just wanting to be discovered and unleashed. God is wanting to unleash that potential on the earth. And our heroes, the real heroes, look a whole lot different than the heroes our nation celebrates. What we call a hero nowadays is normally just a celebrity. Celebrities can make big headlines, but heroes make a big difference. Celebrities become famous for how they act on a stage or they act up in society. They draw attention to self. Real heroes, the kind of men at Hillsong, Kansas City, we don't put on a show, but we roll up our sleeves and we serve and sacrifice for others. To me, that means that you need to have the courage to live selflessly, to live selflessly, because we can think we're gaining everything that matters by winning at work or padding the bank account. And none of those things are wrong. Those things can be blessed by God. But Jesus teaches us that you can gain the whole world and still lose your soul. I tell you, the soul of a man is really found in his spouse and his kids. Because you can win and still lose is what Jesus is teaching us. But if you would learn like Christ, if you would learn to grow that greatness to lose yourself, you will gain everything the kingdom has to offer, which is not the counterfeit of this world. It's something you were made, wired by God to walk into. Learn to serve. Matthew chapter 10, Jesus says, even if you just give a cup of cold water to one of the least of these, you will surely be rewarded. Serving has significance. I want to challenge all of our men to jump in this month especially before we get back into church in the building, to jump into serving in our, our Hope partners through the House of Hope. Get in our different initiatives. Friday groceries, normally there's like four guys with me there, and like three of them are on payroll of the church. And I love the guys, and I kinda see the same ones. I realize that might be right when you're working, Fridays one, one to three, but, but find a time to come and to pour in to others. You will find that your strength in that moment you'll find that your voice in that moment will begin to have a significance resonating on the inside that's greater than any other achievement that you can find because we were made to be like Jesus. Christ-like Christ -like masculinity means we don't look out for ourselves; we look out for others. We don't just look out and serve, we also learn to speak up for others. Proverbs 31 says, speak up for people who cannot speak for themselves. Protect the rights of all who are helpless. Speak up for them. Protect the rights of the poor and the needy. There are no strong, silent types allowed in the kingdom of God. We are servant-hearted, and we learn to speak up against injustice in our nation and in our own city. Right now, obviously, the tension we're all feeling and walking through and praying to be healed in Jesus' name is the racial divide in our nation. Racist behavior is not genetically transferred. It is taught so if you're not actively teaching your family that that isn't the way we do things, and this is the way that Jesus does things, and this is the way we look at people, we can now, if we choose to do that, we can help teach a new generation to value people based on how God sees them and not how others judge them. 
You gotta have the courage to stand up for what's right. The Bible says in Exodus 23, don't follow the crowd in doing wrong. Hey, I, I, I hope you have friends who are unbelievers. We're all called to. Jesus was a friend of sinners, but we don't want the life that they want. We actually wanna use our life and let it be filled with the fragrance of Jesus so that they would want in on what we have. And if we're just following after the crowd, we'll never lead people to the cross. We'll never lead people to the salvation that God has in store for them. Let me tell you, even if you feel like you're standing alone, you're stronger than you think you are because there's an inner strength that comes from the Holy Spirit that you can have to be a difference maker in your everyday world. I think about this amazing story in 2 Samuel. These are David's mighty men. And they have very tragic names, but God still used them mightily. These are three most heroic men in 2 Samuel 23. David's army is Josheb. How could his parents not just name him Josh or Joshua? They went with Josheb. Eleazar, what a name. He's also the son of Dodo. Thank God they didn't go with Dodo Jr. His dad did him a favor. And Shama. How many of you love Shama? They said once Shama was under attack and everyone else deserted him. Yet he stood alone at the center of a field and beat back the enemy. And God gave him a great victory. When you learn to stand for what really matters, when you learn to speak up against injustice, when you learn to serve those that have been left out in life or left behind, you are actually going to have a great victory, not just for our city, our church, or your own family, but it'll be a great victory for you. But the power that we need to understand in this community of faith is we're not just doing this thing by ourselves. None of you watching right now, by the way, I think it's amazing that if any dads are watching right now, on the day when you can do anything that you want to do, the one day of the year when you can play 36 holes, the one day of the year when you can just veg all day, you've actually chosen to tune into church. You're demonstrating to your family, on the day I choose what I want to choose, I'm going to choose God's house. I'm going to choose God's word. I'm going to choose God's way. But it says in Ecclesiastes 4, we normally use this passage when it comes to marriage. It says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and we can conquer. Three are even better. A triple braided cord is not easily broken. Of course, we know what that's talking about. It's talking about we're doing life together in brotherhood, in manhood, and yet it's all centered around the greatest man of all. It's all centered around Jesus. And when we get in a gospel-centered, Jesus-focused community, intimate with our heart and our feelings, aware of our misfortunes and our mistakes, talking plainly about how we really feel, and then looking to the cross about what Jesus has already done, there is a strength and a resiliency. There is a courage that is contagious, and we will not be defeated in this fight when we link up together. I want you to step in. I'm calling you into courage to connect with community. We don't need isolated leaders by themselves. I realize the stress of your job, of your family, maybe of your past history has been overwhelming, but your strength is found in Christ, but connected with others. I want to give you the courage to live for something bigger than yourself. If you really want to tap in to kingdom momentum and to God calling, you start grabbing a hold of a greater prize than just possessions or platform for yourself. Don't just work hard at your profession and get frustrated when you get home and your family needs more of you. I think many guys, that's why you pour yourself into your hobby. 
and you start to hide some secrets in your life, in your world, because you just need an escape from your reality. But there's a kingdom reality for you. There's an adventure for you to step into. And any of that sin that's been lingering, hey, if you allow it to fester in unrepentance, the payback is always greater than what you thought would fill the pain or the void. But if you learn to turn to God, to turn to community, to step into courage, live for something bigger than yourself, with that life of sacrifice, the payoff is always greater than the price. What you have to give out in serving, you'll receive back so much greater in God's blessing and favor upon your life. This is my big ask, my big ask of every man watching right now. Whether you're a dad, a husband, a young leader in our church, been divorced, I don't know where this message finds you, but I'm asking every man of God, and that's who you really are. In fact, the title that's been given to you before you were even born again, you were called a son of God. There's nothing greater than that. That's a greater achievement than being the president. It's a greater achievement than being a CEO. That's a greater achievement than a doctor is to be a son of the most high God. Men of God, that's what I'm asking of you. Give me one year. Give yourself one year. Give God one year. And all in for God year. I'm not talking about just going to church. I'm talking about building the church. I'm talking about building your marriage. I'm talking about building your life on the word of God. Learn to pray. Live in the word. Get in community with other men. Learn to serve. Don't be a spectator in church any longer. You're called to greater than that. It takes some courage to pour it out. On a Sunday, a day off, to pour out for others, that takes real courage. And if you would do that, I think also bring your buddies along to church. They need what you have access to. I believe if you do that, you'll grow like you've never grown before. I believe you'll be that, that pastor and, 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 and prophet in your own home. You'll be that priest of your home. Uh, you could take back your place of right voice into the life of even your kids that are struggling right now. Watch and see the fruit of your life. They're going to be drawn to it when you give God that all in year. And I believe one year will build after the next. You will begin to love the momentum that being a man of ministry, a man of God, a man with a mission brings into your life that the fruit of that will draw all the right people back into your world. You'll grow. And that man of courage on the inside of you, he'll come alive. You'll be who you were meant to be. You'll be who you're meant to be. I believe that God has something special in store for your life this actual year. Give it Father's Day to Father's Day. I'm all in. In Matthew chapter 10, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 19, Jesus says, anyone who sacrifices home, family, fields, whatever, because of me, will get it all back a hundred times over. Not to mention the considerable bonus of eternal life. That's what we actually live for. That does not mean you gotta go out and sell your field. You gotta go out and leave your family. You gotta go out and mortgage your home. It's not what it's talking about. It means that any man who says, God, everything in my little world, it's yours. My, my marriage, my, my, my family, my career, my possessions, I'm just giving, it's already yours. I'm just acknowledging it that you go first. And any man that will learn how to sacrifice his world now will have such great significance and blessing in his future. Not to mention your life will matter for eternity. Men of the church, 
there's greatness in you. There's more courage for you. There's a great calling for you. God has positioned you in this time. For every failure of your yesterday, there is a grace for you today to walk into your future, being everything God has called you to be. I'm calling out your courage right now. I'm calling out a greater strength. I'm calling out the God gifts on the inside of you. You're not just a business leader. You're not just a family leader. You're a spiritual leader. You're a prophet to the city. You're a messenger of grace to the world around you. There's something great in store. And I think for so many men, so many men are still scarred today by something that happened when they were just little or something that happened in a relationship, abandonment or, or pain, maybe a label that was put upon you. I think about the story of, of Genesis chapter 35 or Rachel. Rachel gives birth to her last son because she dies during birth. And her last breath, she named that baby Ben-Onai. Her last words were, son of my sorrow. However, the baby's father stepped right in and said, no, no, no. Even in his moment of greatest grieving, the loss of his loved wife, he says, no, his name is Benjamin, which means the son of my right hand. I love that, that the father, the leader, steps in even in the midst of great pain and heartache and says, no, that's not who you really are. You're not a son of sorrow. You're not a son of pain. You're a son of strength. You're the son of my right hand. That's my right hand man right there. Out of Benjamin's bloodline would come a king over Israel. God had great plans in store for the lineage of Benjamin. And there's a King Jesus who sits at the right hand of the Father, who stepped into all the pain to fulfill his purpose. He stepped in with courage. He stepped in with sacrifice. And because he stepped in every area of your life where maybe you've had an overbearing mom or an absent dad, maybe you were abused or neglected, maybe coaches and teachers and people, maybe even an ex-spouse spoke words about who you are and, and where you failed and all your mistakes, maybe even addictions have riddled your life and you've been carrying the label of sorrow, of rejection, of hurt, of heartache. And sometimes it's minutes hard to admit that what people have said about us or done to us matters because we act tougher than we really are. But on in your inside world, if you've been carrying any other label than the son of the king, a son of God, a man of God, I believe your heavenly father will step right in and he wants to give you a brand new identity today. No, you're a son of strength. You're a son of the right hand. You're stronger than you even know that you are. Because Jesus stepped in, we can receive great grace so we can greatly change to become the great people we've been called to be. You have to attach your life, not to the label of society or to your mistakes of yesterday. You've got to attach your identity to what your father says about you. And while you were still far from him, he called you loved. While you were still stuck in sin, maybe trapped in addiction, he said, I'll set you free. While you're still in pain of the problems of your relationships or your past history, he says, no, you're a son of strength. You're not a man of sorrow. You're not a man of weakness. You're a mighty man of God. Every man that's watching right now, I want to pray for you. Every woman, maybe that last part really spoke to you and your identity. I want to pray for you. There's victory, there's grace, and there's a fresh start for you in Jesus' name. Can I pray for you if you receive this message? If you know I'm speaking to you, or more importantly, God's speaking to your heart. 
Can you just maybe put your hand towards the screen or wherever you're at, maybe watching your just put your hand in the air and say, Jesus, that's me, I need you. I need a rename, I need a redo, I need a fresh grace, I need a restart, I need an inner healing that can only come from your words and affirmation. Father God, I thank you, you are so good and faithful. This is a broken, messed up world, and yet you, in the middle of all this mess, can do a miracle. You, in one moment, can heal hurts and wounds that could be decades old, pain and problems that have lingered the men, lingered in the men of our church. Lord, I thank you. They're getting a new start, a new character is growing on the inside of them. They're coming into their courage and the fullness of their calling. Every bit of rejection, every bit of hurt, even self-inflicted wounds, we thank you right now. You are healing them in Jesus' name. New identities are coming forth. New calling is coming out. New courage is rising up. We thank you for the greater grace that's greater than any mistake of our yesterday meets us in our today and leads us into our God-ordained future. I thank you right now. There are sons of strength, sons of the right hand, men of God rising up in this house, and we give you all the glory. We might not feel it right now, but we believe it in this moment, and we will see it in our future because that's how good of a God you are. If you believe that, can you give Jesus a little bit of praise right where you're at? Thank him for giving you a new name. Thank him for giving you a new calling. Thank you for giving you a new courage. Amen. Before we end their time together, we got a couple next steps for you. Before we do that, I just want to give you an opportunity for everyone to say yes to Jesus. Say yes to the gift, the greatest gift of all, the hero of our faith, the author and the finisher of our faith. He went first so that we could receive this gift of being that son or that daughter of God. Friend, maybe you need to get a fresh start. Maybe you've been living life for yourself. Jesus will meet you right where you're at. He does not hold your sins against you. He's paid for them completely in Calvary. You can receive fresh grace today. Will you say this prayer with me? Let's say it out loud. Come on, everybody together, say this with me. Say, thank you, God, for loving me so much, for caring about me. You love the whole world, but you love me. And I receive forgiveness. I receive your grace. I give you my old, and I step into my new. Because of Jesus, I can be born again. I get a fresh start. I can be the man or woman of God that I'm called to be. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of your life. I give you my heart. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, Hillsong Church. I love you all so much. Happy Father's Day to you.